Oh my God, it's the 200th episode. I'm super hyped. I'm a little bit like, how has that actually happened? Like, well, I know how it's happened. It's been because Holly, who was on this episode with me, like everyone thanks me for this podcast, but you really need to thank Holly because without her in the background, like there'd be no chance I'd get like, it just wouldn't be running as smoothly as she does it. So I thought I'd get her on the podcast today because the, well, we've literally just said, what are you doing? Flipping the switch, right? I'm flipping the switch. I'm your host this week. <laughs> Sounds like we need to do something for 200 episodes, but I was like, I don't know what. And Holly goes, right, I'm going to do that anomalous thing. I can't say that word. Anom- now I'm not going to be able to say it. <laughs> Anonymous. There that we go. Um, so yeah, she's got a couple of questions. But yeah, massive shout out to you, Holly, because you're an absolute babe and... Yeah, thanks for putting up my voice every week and my random sayings that don't make any sense. I think we should get a poll in on whether I should edit the random sayings out or not, or whether they should um they should stay in. Oh god. Are you must just sometimes like listen to this every single week and go, Oh jazz. Oh next time, next time, babes. Next time I do get-, get the giggles and I kind of I've told you before, but I can tell now when you're going to say certain things just by how the sound looks when I export it. I'm like, there's an um coming up. <laughs> oh, God. I, that's the thing, like, when I edit it, so when I, when I um, interview people, they're really nervous. I'm like, no, trust me, Holly will end up editing me the most, not the guest. And I've been doing it how many times? Obviously 200 times now. But yeah, good times. So she hasn't told me the question. I'm going to... um start with the questions other people have asked and then I'm going to throw in some of my own because you know you've got to have privileges if I'm going to do certain things like this so the first one which I know what you're going to say to this but would you consider making a video version of the podcast if I can like get a blow dry before I do it yes because right now I've got like this pineapple haircut do you know what I've been thinking about this though I generally have been thinking about this because I always listen to Stephen Bartlett's and sometimes I listen to the YouTube version and sometimes I listen to the audio version and I do love like depending what mood I'm on depends on which side so I have this thing about like I don't know you'd think I'd get used to it but I still have this funny thing about um how do I say it Holly like just having myself on a video like that's really daunting and even like do the YouTube filming I still feel a little bit like oh and everyone thinks I'm really confident I'm like no I'm like over talking or being overly confident to disguise how unconfident I am I think it's almost not easier with a podcast but because it feels like you're having a chat because we're just on a video call talking to each other I don't think you necessarily think about it being recorded it's not until it's posted that you're like oh yeah I'm I'm out there now yeah so I think there could be a way that I'd be able the problem is that doing a video, like to do like once a month, I could probably like slot it into like the YouTube filming do. Uh, but the way that Stephen does his, like that investment is massive to be able to do that every single like week and stuff. So I'd like to, even though I don't like myself on video, I would like to do it. Cause I think it would be like a new, nice, like new level up for the podcast. So we'll see surprised me with that answer I thought it was gonna be a flat out no (laughs) if if I hadn't done the YouTube filming I'd be like no but I I actually just 
weird, weirdly enough, I think if I did the podcast, obviously I'd put a hoodie on or something. I wouldn't be like in my sports bra. But like, I think that sort of talking setup would it wouldn't feel as daunting. I still find the talking at a camera directly educating. I find that's still the most daunting part of filming. It feels less natural than having a chat with someone. I think. Yeah, hundred percent. I hide behind you. It's fine. So. How does it feel knowing you've really made a mark within bodybuilding? Oh, that's a cute one, isn't it? Oh my god, who the hell is this weirdo? <laughs> Sorry, I can't tell you. <laughs> I, mean, I thought you could. I don't really know what to say. Um, do you know what? I think I've been like in denial. I don't know if Holly will agree with this. Like Lucy said this to me. She goes, "You are so oblivious to what you've done." And I was like, "I know," and I think I've purposely like. Just and I take the nice compliments in, but I've never really fully taken it in. I think I've just been scared to be like, no, 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 like, do you know what I mean? I have that weird complex with it, and I'm like, I just keep putting my head down, keep putting my head down. And I think I I have been quite bad with not looking up sometimes because all I see is like everything I haven't done, or I have everything I've done or haven't done as well. But I I do think this year, I think by taking a little bit of time out for myself. I think I am starting to realise. And it's not just me, though, because you girls do the black stuff as well. Like, this is what I find hard as well. It's like, it's not just me. Like, it is a team thing. Like, there's no chance that Compaq or Podcast would be able to be doing what it's doing without you girls as well. So I do want to give credit to all three, like, and including Alison and the athletes, because it is like a collective thing. So, yeah, I don't really know. It is collective, but we wouldn't be here if you hadn't set it up. So it's yeah. I I hope what I have done is shown how you don't have to be genetically blessed. <laughs> um, you don't have to be like because I remember coming to the industry, being kind of like looked down on, and I felt very much like an outsider and very much like very isolated I don't know I yeah I felt isolated and I felt like an outsider and I felt like people were judging me on because I hadn't done well or I wasn't really a name like I didn't like the way I was treated or made to feel like so I do hope that the stuff that we have been doing is kind of flipped that because I would hate for anyone to feel the way that I did and that was such a big thing coming from like school background where I never really fitted in there wasn't really liked or anything like that so then coming into an industry and getting that again I remember when I was working 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 and that's a big thing I have now like I'm so big on I want anyone to feel like they can message compact and it's not a stupid question like I remember that as well like asking uh, you're just like generally just wanting to find out stuff and when you're met with people that are just really rude obnoxious and they won't talk to you because they're not you don't think you're worth anything what I find funny now and like Holly will know I've said this how many times it's so interesting the people that disregarded me before I set up compact with the podcast and now are the ones that want to do the small talk yeah with me whenever they see me and I'm just like I'm a Scorpio I remember shit I, I hold grudges like and that, yeah, I think, sorry, I probably rambled there, but I think I've started to realise what I've done this year. And I still like the fact that people feel like they can speak to me and like approach me and I'm not going to be like this. I never want to feel, oh, don't, Jimmy, I never want anyone to feel like that. And like NFM last week, 
was so nice because everyone was like, oh, I listen to your podcast. And they were already, they were already chatting to me as if they knew me. And I was like, this is what I want because I know, I just know people are arseholes, basically. I don't want to be one of those. Yeah, that's my ramble done. Love it. Love it. <laughs> this is like multiple questions within a question. So oh. I'll read it and then we'll unpick. This is deep. Uh, did you have any expectations for the podcast before you started? And if so, has it gone in the direction you had in mind? Oh, my God. And would there be anything you'd want to change about the future? Absolutely love the podcast, by the way. So should we break this down a bit? Did you have any expectations when you first started the podcast? We've got a dog. I did not expect We've got a Lyra. By dogs into the podcast on so many levels. It's a joke. Come on. Right. Ask that again. Sorry. Did you have any expectations for the podcast when you first started it? No. I thought no one was going to listen to it, right? So, oh, I can't draw it on this map and I still don't know how to put it off. Hang on. Keep that quiet. There we go. I set up this podcast. How long ago was it now? Oh, my God. 2000 and... So, 2016, this is when... Like, this is real old school, like, bodybuilding. There was no bodybuilding podcast for girls anywhere. And I remember trying, I couldn't find anything. So I was a first timer and I was really getting into like self-development stuff. So it wasn't until um, I came across one random person who was like into sports, like American football. And I think I just seemed to resonate with this guy. And that was the guy that said to me, you need to set up a podcast about bikini. And I was like, oh, like it was so no one I knew listened to podcasts. Like it was before podcasts were a thing. So I just thought, oh, well, hey, like, go on then. I he I didn't realise the, the the extent of, like, the reach of the podcast. I was so oblivious to it. He goes, trust me, you'll blow up. And I was like, ah, okay. Like, I just wasn't, I for me, it was a big thing to kind of, like, push myself because I was still very self-conscious about talking, listening to my own voice. And I actually tried to do YouTube first, but could, I really couldn't get past the looking at a camera and looking at myself and I couldn't I could not get over it so I thought right this seems like too much how can I like do a little step closer to getting a little bit more confident within myself and for that it was talking for a podcast and that's what kind of was like my gateway because it wasn't about how I looked it wasn't about like it was just focusing on the voice so yeah I had like zero idea I generally just wanted to produce something that hadn't been out there before and this is before I even had the idea for the compact and people always forget that like I set up the podcast and I had no I had no idea of compact I it was not in my head I literally had podcast start a podcast while still doing marketing as like a freelancer so yeah the what idea- was the timeline was it like 18 months between setting up the podcast and compact or was it a year I think it, yeah it was a year I think October was the first episode I did because my my a friend of mine passed away and that was like the point that I thought fuck it Jazz, you've got to do this podcast like you've just got to do it and then yeah the year after that I had the idea for compact and then six yeah 18 months yeah, yeah 18 months 18 months it was then compact so but what I liked about I liked I liked that no, no one had the connection I really tried to keep it on the down low for ages um, I like the idea of being hidden. I think because I was like obsessed with Banksy at the time and he was a hidden artist. I was like, oh, I want to be hidden. So I really had this massive thing about like people realizing it was me on the podcast. Like even people now, they're like, oh, I recognize your voice. And I'm like, no, you don't. And like, <laughs> it's not me. 
Laura from Get Bronzeville, she saw me and I was like, nah, that, I nah, I've got really basic, like, Northampton voice. And Laura was like, Jasmine. I was like, what? <laughs> I was trying to pull on, just going, no, it's not me. Um, but yeah, zero expectations at all. What was the next question? I forgot. So it was, if so, has it gone in the direction you had in mind? So I suppose if you didn't have any expectations, that's a hard one. But is there anything that surprised you and is there anything you would have done differently? Hired you sooner to do it. Because um, generally it got to the point when I was trying to do too many things, editing, like doing another admin task was just burning my brain. And then it meant I had no like headspace. I feel like for this podcast, if I do solo ones in particular, like you need the headspace and you need to be in the right frame of mind or you don't, you don't feel like you connect with the guests properly. Like, that's what I found anyway. So I think if I had my time, I remember there was a massive gap wasn't there. And that was because I burned out and I didn't ask. Yeah. So yeah, I would have hired you way sooner to do the podcast. It's weird. I think I do wonder, do people think like the podcast was set up for Compaq? And I'm like, no, like the podcast was way before Compaq. Because mm-hmm. I can remember... So I listened pretty much from the beginning and I can remember listening to the podcast as Compact was launching. God, that's OG days. I can remember editing the 100th episode of this and I know I was in before then. So I've been doing, I've been editing for well over a year now. My God, that's crazy. That is crazy. But... Yeah, it's always a weird one. Like, I like the networking side of it. I think what I'm starting to do now, I don't know if you've noticed this, Holly, I'm starting to kind of try and, it sounds a bit weird, trying to probe a bit more. Yeah. I think sometimes, like, to keep it interesting, you have to kind of dig a little bit deeper and ask those. It seems weird for me because, like, I'm like, oh, am I, try, am I, like, not trying to be controversial, but I think I'm trying to dig a bit deeper when I'm interviewing someone now and not just asking, like, this, this not the standard stuff, do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I think what I, if I had, I think if I would have hired you sooner, I think I would have been able to probably like start doing like the videoing more and that sort of thing. But I think when it gets to this, you're there, you're 200 episodes deep, you do think, God, like, are people still like one? Cause I don't really plan much, do I? Like, you know what I'm like, like I hardly plan anything. I never have like a, like, this is where we're going in the year. This is how we're going to do this. I'm like, should we? Do you want to ask her to come on? Like, I'm I'm still very, like, relaxed about it. Um, I think that's what keeps it relevant because this industry changes so quickly and so often that if you had your content planned out a year in advance, it just wouldn't work. I, I do see some people with podcasts, and I think that's where they go wrong, is that they set up a podcast because they're like, oh, podcasts are, like, good. I'm like, you have to really enjoy that type of content or like creating it or there's just no point if that makes sense like I see a lot of podcasts I'm like you're not bringing anything in my opinion like I don't listen to hardly any podcast it has to be really hitting where I need it mm-hmm. and there's a lot of ones that I'm like no like it seems like a copy of like another one um but yeah I do think by trying to keep it as just like as no I try and keep it as like the same as it was even though it's been that many years but we'll get there I don't think I realized how many people I didn't think I'd realize how many people listen to the podcast I generally think I thought it maybe be like a couple of hundred I had no idea (laughs) 
had no idea. And that kind of freaked me out. So then I stopped looking at the analytics and I was like, I'm just going to act like no one's listening to this because it's making my brain hurt. Um, but yeah. There's, there's that one then. Next. Next. Interesting, interesting one. Have you got any tips for doing your own show tan? Going to do my own base coat for the first time this year and slightly anxious. Oh, both you should answer this one as well. Um, <laughs> Holly is like pro tan experts 101 as well. Um, just, pro- just do practice your base coat before your show and you'll realise how easy it is. Just because the rest of the competing is difficult, it doesn't mean the tan's difficult too. I think that's why people get worried about this base coat because they see it as like, this is like a bodybuilding thing. And uh, Whereas if they just see it as like a submarine, you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> what time you pay? Um, depending on your budget. I'm a submarine, I'm just saying. But yeah, I would say just practice it ahead of time and leave... I think where I cock up sometimes is if I do my, if I don't leave my hands, elbows, ankles, knees, and feet until the end, if I do it too soon, or like there's not, during, during sometimes there's too much solution on the mitt, and then your hand just looks like a tangerine. Yeah. I think it's actually less stressful doing your own tan, or from my personal perspective, it was. Because you don't have to be anywhere for a particular time, for a particular appointment. You can take as long as you want. You know, you're not rushing to put clothes back on or whatever. And I don't know about you, I hate standing in the tent naked in front of everyone. It's not my bag. So I actually really enjoyed doing my own tan. I did it, oh, last year I did it for two of my shows. Um I actually found that doing a base a couple of days before, washing it off, and then obviously doing your base coat, leaving it on the night before, and then your top coat the next day worked really well. Yeah. Because it just seems to soak into your skin nicer. And then you've got like a really nice base. You know, you've got a nice even base all over. And then when you're applying it, it just, I don't know, it just goes on smoother. Seems to sink in better. Yeah, I do agree with that. Like for me... Even though I could I could do my own top coat, I think I just like that security of like if my head goes, if it, you know, if I just leave my head at home and I'm like, <laughs> like if I mess anything up, which I never do, but I don't know. This is that weird security thing I have in my head that I'm like, oh, top like top coat tanners are there, like it's all right. But yeah, I always do. I, I even if like for example, like a two bros, you have to go there the night before. I still still think it's nice like doing that base coat just in the com- like just chilling. I think sometimes it can feel quite stressful when you've got to get appointment like the night before, but you're trying to like reduce stress and you're like, you're late for your appointment and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. I also think that it's, I always tend to do it literally right before I go to bed as well, Mm. because then you're limiting the amount of time you've got to have any kind of like, I'm going to weed down my leg or whatever. Yeah. So I literally put it on, go to bed and I know I'm going to wake up put my top coat on or put another base coat on if I need to but it kind of limits the amount of time you're in that tan as well Mm. I I still I get the worst sweaty pit still and I literally go to sleep and no one can see me with my arms over my head because I'm trying to air out my pits that much like oh I'm so tempted to get Botox on them oh I had a fun one this show day I was in bed waiting to go to NFM and I, I knew I didn't have to be up at a particular time and I was trying to drink a cup of tea lying down. Don't ever do it. Oh, no. And I poured 
boiling hot water all over myself and all over my tan. Luckily, I was fine. I've never got naked so quick in all my life. Cup of tea, though, is exactly what would hit the spot, though, when you're not being able to have much. Like, a cup of tea would hit it. Oh, yeah. So don't do that. Yeah. Right, next question. What we got? Next question. This is a very interesting one. You'll like this one. Oh, no. Do you think that there's a misconception in the industry thinking that if you spend a lot of money with a brand, you're automatically entitled to sponsorship? Oh, hang on. You had to ask that one again because I got like, whoo, this is heated. Ask me that again. Do you think there's a misconception in the industry thinking that if you spend a lot of money with a brand, you're automatically entitled to sponsorship? Oh, my God, no. That, that I do not look at it that way. Like, I can't even... I don't... So I'm in shock because I'm like, I don't even think of it that way. I, I've never, ever, like... When we've ever taken on an athlete, I've never gone, oh, Holly, how much have they spent with us? Have I? No, never. Never? Like, never? Oh, my God. Do people think that? Oh, my God. No. It's a really interesting one. It really is. You know, I've never, ever thought of that, ever in my life. Do, you ever, do other companies think that way? My head's, my head's going. My head's going. <laughs> so... That answers that, no. And I give the example every single bloody time of Charlotte Pickstock back in the day when she spent eight pounds. That's where how much they were back in the day. Bikini bite was eight pounds. She bought that. And I took it to her at Body Power. And that's the first time I spoke to her. And she became an athlete like a month later. And she'd only spent eight pounds with me. I think the thing is, it's have they supported the brand? It's not how much money do they spend to support the brand as it is that's not that doesn't come together like I I do get the point though in a way but Mm. at the same time like I spent loads of money with ASOS and my sponsorship hasn't arrived so (laughs) same (laughs) that's such an interesting way of thinking about it I've never thought about it that way like granted I would say these days like because how else would you, like, if, you're, if you've if bought that product and then you've, like, done content, if you haven't got at least shoes with me, I think it would be weird. I think I, if I'm being honest, I think if I was looking at someone and seeing they hadn't purchased shoes, I'd be a bit like, oh, like, that's me being really honest there. But it's not anything I've ever thought of. Maybe that's something that, yeah, that's something probably I've actually thinking about now. It's probably something that I've done like without even thinking, like know, knowing what I have done. But I think whenever I have taken on someone, I've always felt, I've always noticed it's a bit strange. And, always, and it's funny, I've always actually, there was one person that I asked, I thought, oh, you've never bought shoes from us? She goes, no, I bought them at NFM at the seminar thing. And I was like, yes, you oh, did. Okay. So, like, that's when I've gone, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, it's made me think though, like, if because I can't offer because then I makes people I don't want people to then feel like they're having to place orders with me for the sake of it just to do you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't want that to start happening. So whether it is a case of like because like, if say for example someone spent like five hundred pounds across like in the year with me and they've bought everything, but they haven't got maybe some of the credentials they need to be an athlete. Like, is there something that we could do where it's like we give them like. Do you mean like you kind of like award like your top like like an incentive, yeah? Well, not you... an incentive, but like a 
almost like a thank you for supporting the brand. Like Joe's client got an award from Sainsbury's for being the person that brought the most green beans from them. <laughs> Generally, they got a letter for the draw, a voucher. It was actually pretty sick. So maybe I got I didn't... an email once. I was the top buyer of it was something really random. Oh, almond butter in Sainsbury's. Standard. When I was on prep a couple of years ago, I got an email to say I was the top buyer of almond butter. Maybe I need to start doing that. You're the top buyer of like, I don't know. I can't think of it because we don't, there's nothing that anything we sell it. It's like, you can eat. And then buys <laughs> like a hundred. I really hope you're not eating any of it. Well, definitely not those showtime savers. Jesus. But we need to do a top buyer of like, get buffed or something. Yeah, the person that actually like looks after their skin the most is this person. But that has got me thinking though. That has got me thinking. Um, but yeah, it's interesting because when like an order comes through, I don't, I'm not like waiting for like a potential athlete to come through. Like I, I, what is nice though, I'm starting to clock some people I'm like, oh, I recognize that. I just, all I think is I recognize that name before because they've purchased something. And for me, I always like get a bit like my heart gets a warm, like, oh, we're doing something right. Like they trust, like we obviously are doing, do you know what I mean? I get like a good feeling when I see a name come through again. So I'm like, oh, like they like what we're doing. That's like good mm. to see. Well, that really got me thinking, Holly. We've got another athlete related question. Okay. How often do you consider taking on new athletes? Anytime. Isn't that correct? Yeah. I know some people do like, like end of the season or start the season or anything like that. But can you imagine if I like found someone in January and I'm like, oh, sorry, hon, you've got to wait till November. Do you really think they're going to stick around? Like, even if they like Compaq, I don't, I think they'd be a bit like, you're taking me for a mugger. Because then you have like, they have that, you know, they're gonna, they've still got to still be doing, do you know what I mean? I think that would just be weird. If I could see it from their point of view, I'd be like, well, what's, no, if you want someone, I think, Yes, I'm not saying like you have to like try and secure them straight away, but no, I've never done that. Um, as I've mentioned before, like I could have people on my radar for like two years or like a year. I think what happened with a couple of girls was like lockdown and COVID, which I actually delayed. Yeah. I think if lockdown and COVID wasn't there, they would have come up, they would have drawn this team a lot sooner. But I wasn't able to do the stuff that I usually do with the with the athletes to kind of not vet them, but make sure they're a hundred percent the right way. Like People, some people will know this anyway, but like I hire slow and there's a reason for that. And it works every single time, like every single time. So no, but there are people that are on my radar for a good, at least a good like year, maybe. I think years the maximum these days. After that, I, yeah, anything else, I usually just do like six months, usually. But I have found... If you consistently, the thing, I'll be completely honest, the thing that will kind of push you up that uh, ranking, like, well, get you faster to be in my radar, especially when I don't actually, like, I'm not on the ground as much anymore. So it's not okay if I'm checking every hour, which I used to. So I always ask Lucy, who's consistently tagging and mentioning Compact? That's one question I ask her, isn't it? I'm like, yeah. who's like, Who's yeah? Who's really like standing out to you? I ask the same thing with Katie. Um, I will say right now, there's been girls that have lost the opportunity because of the way they've spoken 
practice that other people, whether it's been on DMs, they've been a bit rude, um, or I've seen them at a show and they've been rude to like someone that I know, even that someone that I don't know, like that sort of things have kind of turned me off a few people. Because I always think if you're not going to speak nice to people that can't give you anything, that's my kind of thought process. I think I'm a bit like wary of that now. Um, and that may have been too honest, Holly, who cares? But like, I think these days when I speak to people, I'm like, in my back of my head, I'm like, you're not, you're going to, you're, you're most likely going to be nice to me now, but are you going to be nice to the person that I was four years ago? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I completely agree. And the bodybuilding industry might feel like it's getting very big and which in some ways it is compared to when we started but actually it's a very small place and everyone does kind of know everyone so it tends to come back to us even if we haven't seen it ourselves doesn't it you know we we know the people that are sort of treating other competitors you know people working at shows stuff like that oh my pet peeve is when someone speaks to someone rude backstage I'm like no (laughs) do not do it I it really gets my tits up really gets my tits up um so yeah I've completely gone off a tangent I'm so sorry but basically no I don't but I do think it like it does help if you tag and mention consistently that will because sometimes people don't realize the tag gets missed or the, it's like if they do just the caption or just the tag, like sometimes it gets missed when they do it together. You do, cl- I do math, I do massively clock that a bit more. Um, like there was someone that's approached me lately who has said something on the lines of, you know, oh, believe me when I say that I like support you. And like that, I, I want to say that off face value, but when I see other someone's like oh I want to share your content I'm like yeah but you can share the content and I can share yours like like I have been anyway so it's like it is that kind of to and fro but yeah I don't know I find the I find the athlete stuff like really tricky these days because it's grown it's a part where like I don't you always think you're trying to get in a weird weird way like I'm such a bad overthinker like Helen will like vouch for this I'm always like are they happy are they happy are they happy do they need anything are they happy and every time they are happy, but I'm like, yeah, but are they happy? <laughs> I think I just they really don't. <laughs> no, I don't know. I think it's like you hear so many bad stories, and I always, I'm always like, oh, I really hope like if they have an issue, they can like just voice it or talk to me. Like I think that's where I see other like relationships, like or work relationships, like break down is where one person isn't being completely honest with the other, or do you know what I mean? Like I'd rather just be told, and they always just when I gave them that chance I gave everyone I gave my athletes last year there's like a nominous like questionnaire and I thought right they've got their chance they're, they're gonna say something there was nothing and I was like oh okay sorry I'm doing fine <laughs> and I think the thing is as well it's like I suppose from the outside it looks like a big business but we still are like in the grand scheme of things quite a small business and yeah. therefore that when athletes come on they are dealing directly with you and the kind of main team. So you are bringing people like into the family, aren't you? Which I suppose not a lot of the big brands, they will have like a liaison into the business. Whereas the people we bring in are like in the main core of the business. Yeah, they really are. Like they work directly with everyone. 
yeah maybe I don't know I always think always they're gonna come a point where like I I kind of like not detach but it kind of takes the next step up but it just doesn't seem like I don't know I can't see it being any other way if that makes sense um I think that's a good one interesting all the insight all the insight right next question what is your advice for someone who wants to do a show but struggles with self-confidence I know like it's gonna sound like really like oh you're just saying it but you've just it's just like little steps it's just taking another little step towards that show and I think it's just understand like understanding where you're at as well like I went into my first show knowing that I'm not confident and knowing that I'm probably gonna look a bit like deer in headlights but I knew that within a couple of weeks or especially like when it's your first show no one actually like knows you so that's actually like you've if I clear my time again, I'd love to be a first timer where no one knows me. I can just go in and just like do whatever. I I miss those days. Do you know what I mean? Um. So I would say like there's like there's only so many bits of advice that people can give you until you've just got to go right. How much am I going to stop talking shit to myself? Am I actually going to do this? But like, I have that sometimes. I'm like, am I going to stop procrastinating? Am I actually going to do that? Or if I say I'm going to do something like I don't end up doing it, Joe comes to me and goes, Are "You actually going to?" Same. You know, you know, you can say, oh, I'm going to do a show, but are you actually just going to go, right, enough's enough now? Like, I'm just going to bloody sign up and just do it. And I think just ex- having that expectation that, you know, you might not be your fully confident self, but you're on, you're going to be way closer to becoming more self-confident by doing that. And by staying still and getting in this, this like paranoid state, like, not paranoid, and um, like, what's the word? Like, anxious nervous state where you can't uh, paralyze where you can't really do anything do you know what I mean like I get like that sometimes but I'm I know I'm not confident in something I will kind of get paralyzed and I won't do anything which actually isn't the isn't the right way it doesn't actually help me what makes me feel better is getting is actually doing something instead of just getting paralyzed and going oh and freezing um so it's trying to get out of that freeze state that she's probably in and going right that's enough now. That's enough having a bit of a panic. And now this is what we need to do. Yeah, I agree. I think you can spend so much time thinking about it and making it worse in your own head. Whereas if you just kind of do it. And actually, there's so many options for shows now. Like if you are feeling really self-conscious, perhaps you maybe want to pick a show that's like earlier on in the season where it's going to be a bit more quiet or pick a show that's not, you know, quite so well known. So it might be a bit more quiet and it might feel a bit safer. Like there are options. You don't have to go in height of season in the biggest show you can find. Yeah. Like I would say hands down, like your NFM and your FitX, like they are so accommodating, like they're understanding, they're welcoming, like they're not like a scary face in the industry. So I would definitely say like going to those two, like Glifting Girls as well, as for example. Um, yeah, like you don't have to go for like the big boisterous, like, massive federations if they are a bit like like always gravitate federation wise the one that you feel the most like warp, like connection with and warmth that's what I always say is like or think is like how much like do I feel like I can kind of just approach them and if the answer is then yes then that's probably the first one that you should go for agreed yeah you have achieved so much but there is there any dream you have given up on is this your question or someone else? No, someone else's. I oh, like this cool. one. Okay. Um, so you got I'm that person you have to ask me it again. 
So you have achieved so much, but is there any dream that you have given up on? But I'm being really honest, I kind of, I don't think I fully gave up, but I fully understood that if I was going to do this business podcast stuff, that my own competing would have to take the backseat and stay a hobby. I started to notice that in lock, just before lockdown, um, that I could either do one or the other, but realistically, I'm... Do you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't be, I'd have to kind of not, it sounds hard for me to say this. It's like, I've come to peace with it though. Like I know that I do my competing stuff and my fitness and my training and nutrition. Like that is not priority. And that sounds really weird for me to say in the industry where it is a priority. But for me to be able to do what I need to do, I have to take that role. Or ultimately I have to then be selfish and go, nope. I need to focus on myself. So I think that's probably one way in the competing world that I've kind of given up um, my own stuff. And it's it's weird because some people might take that as like, oh, you know, you're just like, you, you can still do it. I'm like, yeah, maybe. I think given up's the wrong word. I think it's like, what have you put on the back burner or like, what have you prioritised? Like, you've done this. So what have you put on the back burner to get here? Because you can't do everything. Yeah, so I think my own competing stuff, 100%. Like, if things get too busy, for example, I'm meant to be training five, no, is it five? Um, say, for example, I'm meant to be training five days a week. If stuff is too busy, it will go down to four. And I don't, like, I just say to Joe, it's gone down to four. And you know why it's gone down to four. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Um, I would say maybe, um, like, I have got a massive, like, interest in like interior design, like my house stuff. I'm a bit of a builder, I'm starting to realise. So I'd say probably like that's taken a bit of a backseat. But if I'd say I'd had to give up or anything, it has been um, that I've not been as like available. And this is something that I got to the end of last year. I was like, okay, I've, I've been able to excel with this, but now it's meant that I'm not seeing my friends or family as much. I haven't, I'm just working all the time. And I'm found that like what swings one way swings another way so I'm like okay that's been great but I always think when something else excels there's always going to be something that's like we'll have to take a back seat but I think the main one would probably be um like I said this to Joe if I was a bit younger I probably would be a bit more like yeah like I think pro card I could all that sort of stuff but you know I'm 29 this year I've already trained like I what I have realized is since with I think the growth of the industry compact and podcast together by giving people so much information people are like taking like you know the the passing straight to go again whilst we had to learn all this stuff whereas now the information's there like they're missing out on all like all the mistakes that we made which took like a good four three or four years of our competing career to figure out because a lot of people at that point i'm a grandma so (laughs) yeah like to me, like goal-wise competing wise, like I still have WBFF in the back of my head and being really honest, that is the only one. Any federation, like I you could throw me into a two bros pro qualifier and I wouldn't I wouldn't be bothered. I'd be like, yeah, cool. Like I wouldn't be nervous about it, but WBFF makes me nervous. So I know that that's the one that if I'm think really talking to myself, like I know that's the one I've always really wanted to go for, but never really thought oh, I've always made an excuse in my head. Even now, I'm like, oh, I'm not big enough. I'm not. Ha- I've got enough muscle. 
So maybe I think that's one where I need to like channel a little bit. Because I think for me, competing wise, if I can get to like the WBFF stage and see what I can do with that, I think I'd feel like my, I think I'd be able to say, yeah, I've done my competing like journey justice. But I think a few years ago, if I wanted in the business and just been able to kind of have more time, I probably would have done treating my, my own competing stuff more seriously. But I just kind of, can't do it all, basically. <laughs> but I have so much fun doing that, though. Like, I have so much fun helping everyone else. Like, when I see everyone else hit their goals and, like, feel the best that they ever felt, like, that I get so much enjoyment out of that. And even helping Chloe, one of my um, athletes, like, at Two Bros, and running around, like, with her, running around after Kerry. Like, I'm so content being there as much as I am on stage. So, yeah, yeah, I get that. I think I have more fun helping other people than I do standing up there. Yeah, I'm the same. But just getting old, babes, that's why. Right, last two questions. These oh. are my own. <laughs> Here's some I prepared earlier. You should have full on like gone controversial as hell and just said, yeah, these are still like, I don't know who these are from. And just... Oh, yeah, these are anonymous. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Uh, so what was your like goal or aspiration when you first started the podcast like what impact did you want to have and is that still the same or has it evolved why did I I'm just thinking back to like younger judgment I don't know um I think because like I struggle a lot with my own mental health I struggle a lot I still have my own demons um half of it is selfishly to kind of keep showing myself that I can still do things I'm not like useless if that makes sense um I think I struggle with that quite a lot because I know that my mental health gets the better of me like so much I wanted to kind of show people that even when you you feel like maybe in those head spaces like I am you're still able to do things so I think that's probably been one I really don't know. It's weird. I just never really had, like... I think the only other thing I would like to do a bit more of, but I don't feel like I have enough knowledge yet, is, like, more mindset, like, self-development, like, stuff to give people. I would really like to do that at some point. Because I wouldn't say, like, what I... Like, I'm not... My journey has not been perfect, but the stuff that I seem to talk about from a mindset perspective generally does help people. And I think it actually helps bodybuilding not kill someone off I think it actually gives the, just the opposite effect if they actually listen to what I say so I think that's an that's another big one because I think there's a toxic part of bodybuilding and this is something that like I always talk about like to my, my inner circle it's like there's a lot of negative there's a lot of darkness and negativity in bodybuilding and I try as much as I can to be like to keep my own little bubble that's oblivious and doesn't know any of that stuff's going on and try and keep how do I put this in the right way because like some I personally do think depending on which way you go about it bodybuilding will be the end of you or the start of you so it will be the end of you when you finish and you're picking up the pieces or it'll be the start of you that will give you the foundation to go yeah I've got everything I need out of this and I've still you know kept a healthy relationship with as much as you can like with friends and family with like body and do you know what I mean? And uh, that sort of stuff. And like people, the stuff that some people worry about 
or told to worry about is actually really damaging and quite toxic. Like it's, I'm sorry, it's not the end of the world if you go five grams over your macros, but there's a, this industry, this part of this industry that are so like, you've got to go all or nothing. If you don't go all or nothing, then you are not, you're not taking it seriously. You're not a bodybuilder. And what happens to those people is that they swing so far the other way then they're picking up the pieces, whereas like you don't have to be like that. So that's like a big thing. Um, I always I, a big reason why I stay as much as I am in the industry as well, and why there's like certain things that the girls do and everything is like because I do think sometimes, like Joe said this to me, he goes like the place because body women very dark without you, Jasmine. And I was like, oh, like that's quite cute. But I think I just try and read what we try and do is just be that like friendly in like warm like welcoming part of the industry which still you know doesn't take themselves too seriously and when there is actually a proper, proper like issue happening or you've got a problem like you're able to solve it instead of going oh my god like I'm not what's the point and like then they go off the complete like bandwagon then it just goes wrong because I've been there where I've tried to be too much like 100% and it's actually damaged me like it didn't yeah. help me it actually made it worse and it actually got to the point where I thought I don't know if I can stay in bodybuilding if this is the way I've got to be so I thought no like I've got to figure out my own way of doing bodybuilding while staying happy because I think there's a lot of people that are in bodybuilding that aren't happy because of the 100% mentality they've like been conditioned or told like this is how you have to be or you can't be in this industry does that make sense yeah it does I think there's like there's a bit of a lack of individuality as well, isn't there? And the fact that there seems to be this formula that people think that they have to follow, you have to do X, Y, and Z to be a good bodybuilder. But that, you know, nothing is that black and white. Everyone is their own person. So it's, there isn't a perfect formula. Right. He's back. Amazon has been delivered. Yeah, hopefully that answered your question without. And I'm going to finish this the way you please. No, 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 no. You don't throw this back on me. No. I'm going to throw this back at you. How many times have you asked this to someone else? And I'm sure you've never been asked it. So, (laughs) Jasmine, what makes you not just a bikini girl? (laughs) Oh, my God, I'm dying. Stop. Stop it. (laughs) I hope you prepared this because you should have known it was coming. <laughs> no, because you didn't tell me. And this is when I cock up because I don't tell the person and they happen to do what I do right now. Oh, They can't use that excuse anymore because I pre-warn everyone when I book in their podcast slot that it's coming. Oh, I didn't know you did that. Right. At the moment, in this present moment, I would say what makes me not just speaking a girl is that I really like... When I'm starting to realise that, like, if I had, like, a side hobby or a side hustle, I think I'd like to, like, renovate houses. Mm. Because before, like, I had this weird time in my life when I was maybe 15, 16, where I ended up getting a scholarship to a different school. Um, like, I hated the school I was in. But the only thing I was good at um, and I enjoyed was interior design. So I loved get like basically creating like sims i would create like a sims house and then just want to create another sims house like i wouldn't really want to do the playing bit so yeah I, when i left when i went to that school it kind of like 
they didn't have textiles or anything like that like available at this new school so that kind of like blocked me off but I was still always interested in like internal spaces and even like art exhibitions I love going to an installation art piece of like work I think you could the app what you can create in a room and the mood and the emotive like how you can feel is like people really underestimate that and like something I've done like the past few weeks is I have kind of gone a bit on shutdown and just gone you know what like I need to sort my house out because there's like this underlying stress and anxiety all the time that I can't seem to get rid of and I always like listen to the minimalist podcast and all that sort of thing um and I love listening like that's for me I, I can listen to that sort of stuff all the time um and it's on Netflix as well if anyone wants to actually like look more into that because there's a lot to be said about decluttering your mind and your space and the actual impact that has um so that's what I've kind of like I guess that's what makes me not just a bikini girl is that I have this real like interest in interior spaces and houses and I used to love watching like homes under the hammer and like them derelict like you know, throwing everything up and like when I have like a stressful day I want to kind of like switch off my like idea of like downtime is watching home innovation like makeover challenge videos or doing something with my house or like painting the fence or I'm like already starting to think of like there's like you know in my house there's like that um where the utility room is there's actually a bathroom in there that like is completely needs gutting completely so yeah I think that's probably what makes me not just speaking god but probably people wouldn't realize that because I never really talk about it but it's just like my little thing and I've been sending my mum like all the photos in the world like look what I painted or like what look what I did today <laughs> here's my house yeah because like it has been like a half finished. It still is half finished, but it's just been stuff everywhere. And I thought, oh, like I need to just clear it out and being able to see the changes with just like a little paint or like going B&M or anything like that. Like that's what I love doing. Like just me, just Jasmine, not like businesswoman Jasmine or anything like Just generally Jasmine just loves going B&M and like reorganizing stuff and like, I don't know, going on Pinterest and looking at house inspo all the time love it I love a bit of house inspo does not it because it does make you feel better like my office is probably the last I have done a big clear up but I need to do another one my office is probably the last thing I really need to like focus because I started to do like you've seen like a couple like the polaroids and stuff like so I'm getting there slowly um but yeah I can't wait to go out I'm gonna you you smash the tiles forgot what the things are called oh yeah I like doing that yeah I'm gonna get masked I'm gonna like smash the shit out of these tiles because they're just disgusting and I love like scraping walls and getting rid like that's my Mm. favorite part of like renovating the house so if anyone needs their like walls gutting then holler general jasmine rather than business jasmine (laughs) bob the builder jasmine (laughs) love it fun. I can't believe you threw that last question at me I'm literally in shock you should have known it was coming. I, I couldn't help myself. I generally didn't. Like, how retarded is that? I generally didn't. But this has been fun, though. And, like, honestly, if it wasn't for you, babes, this podcast would not be as smooth running as it is. Um, so I appreciate you listening to my voice for hours on end every week. My pleasure. I love it. I love being part of it. <laughs> Yeah, let's see what's going to happen in the next, like, 200 episodes. Um, but, yeah, a couple of little, I think a couple of little tweaks are needed, but 
if it ain't broke, don't change it. Like, I don't ever want to get out of, of love of doing it. So we'll just keep going the way we're going, unless everyone has any, like, thoughts. But, yeah, thanks, babes. <laughs>